0: Ladies and gentlemen, sharpen your pencils and knead your erasers, for tonight is a night of sketches and wretches. In this corner, daring to dream and dreaming to scheme, Freddy's nightmares. And the challenger, whose best drawing may well be a blank, Bone Chillers. Put your drawing hands together, for put up your spoon! This week's theme...
1: Comic Books Part 2 2022 Comic-Con Spectacular. Hey, this is Jeff. I'm reppin' the 80s.
0: And I'm Ryan, drawing upon all my favorite 90s shows.
1: For the theme of comic books, I present Freddy's Nightmares, The Art of Death. (laughs) Jack is a skinny twerp with a crush on Joan. Uh, hot co ed at his college. He draws her obsessively, and he's hoping that if she could just see his talent, she'd leave her jock boyfriend, Ron. Well, that's what his best friend Pete swears will happen. But what Pete really wants is satirical cartoons for the school paper. Later on, we see Jack. He's at the gym and he's slash drawing Joan. And she actually sneaks a peek at his artwork, and she's impressed. She really likes it. But then Big Ron steps in, and he has two of his, like, huge bodybuilder buddies lift Jack up so that he can slowly pants him in front of the crowd, sort of uh, sexually humiliating him and, and, and emasculating him. Good move. Strong. You know, right out the gate, strong, strong bully energy. So Jack goes home and draws a three panel gag strip about Ron pumping up his groin until it explodes. And guess what? It's a hit. It is popular with all of the jocks. All the jocks, but Ron, that is. So Ron bitch slaps Jack and then stomps on his hand so that he'll never be able to draw disrespectful cartoons ever again.
0: And he's like, I'll,
1: he's like, see how well you draw with a, with, ha- with
0: hamburger. hamburger for a hand or whatever, but yeah. then, but he doesn't actually really hurt him that bad.
1: He doesn't hurt him, and Jack fine. is fine. Yeah. Perhaps that's a clue that we're uh, quite a surreal nightmare we're living in, because we cut to Freddy Krueger, the man himself, who tells us that Jack's about to enter my drawing rooms, where I'm sure he'll find plenty of inspiration. <laughs> So Jack goes home and admires a new character he's created, the Phantom, relentless, powerful, a merciless Avenger. He lives in the steam tunnels under campus, waiting. It's just a little soliloquy. He kind of pops off to himself, but we, find out, we found out earlier that he was popping off to his own drawings of Jones, so I guess that's <laughs> not too surprising. Jack puts his head down on his drafting table for a little nap, and when he wakes up, there's a blank, phantom shaped hole in the poster, ghastly grinner style. He touches it, and it begins to glow. Just then, out of the shadows, a hand in a fingerless leather driving glove re- <laughs> reaches out and grabs his shoulder. It's the phantom! And we know this is true because he screams into Jack's face.
0: Uh, Talk about being in a different show from everyone else.
1: I need to emphasize this. The Phantom laughs more than Freddy.
0: He's having a great time.
1: Which is a bonkers statement. That should be like a a paradoxical, like no character can laugh more than Freddy and yet (laughs) the Phantom is determined to try.
0: I feel like off camera they were just like,
1: bigger, bigger, no bigger. And he was like, really? And they were like, bigger. (laughs) So, the Phantom was played by the guy who was Vlad in Howling 2, and also your the sister is a werewolf, convict a.k.a. Convict in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And he's, like, not bad. He's pretty, you know... He's, in
0: Pee-wee's Big Adventure, he was understated compared to this.
1: He is giving it
0: 110%.
1: 8,010%. 8,010%. He really carried this lackluster episode. <laughs> so, Jack's freaking out, but the Phantom explains that Jack created him with his raw talent... And if he wants revenge on Ron, all he has to do is picture Ron in his mind and draw it. So Jack starts picking up vibes. He goes to his drawing table, draws Ron on a treadmill. The phantom materializes in the gym. And soon the treadmill is slick with blood. Jack wakes up and finds the cartoon of Ron split in half. Now, Pete loves this because he thinks it's going to be like a great follow up to the exploding, exploding groin Pete, or something. I don't know.
0: AKA Styles, Styles from Team Wolf, Wolf 2. Team Wolf T O O. And he's just like, yeah, this will be great. This yeah, would be great for my next expose. And you're like, what? What are you talking about? He loves all
1: these <laughs> weird cartoons that have nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but he thinks, like, they're satirical and they're like the New Yorker. Wow.
0: I guess a high schooler would.
1: Uh, they're in college. Oh, jeez. So Pete is loving this cartoon of Ron's body split in half. But just then, they're interrupted by sirens. Ron's body is being wheeled away. And uh, some kid wanders over and like, freak accident. Guess one of the machines tore him in half.
0: (laughs) I was like, oh, he's gonna speed up and shoot off and hit the wall. And he he got sucked under and left a blood smear.
1: If if he got sucked under, or or the phantom ripped him in half, or... or or disemboweled him we really don't know jack like is so freaked out that the thing he drew came true so he runs away and then he just smashes into joan and he's like oh uh, can i walk you home and she's like yes yes that would be nice and she's helping him pick up his stuff and she finds the drawing so she hauls off and bitch slaps him <laughs> and screams at him for being so ghoulish as to draw his bullies graphic murder jack is bummed out he goes home and would you know it his boy the phantom is there and he tells jack to draw joan getting abducted it's really weird it doesn't make a lot of sense but the phantom is kind of like egging him on to prove joan wrong and when we next see joan she's showering in some kind of weird shower prison it's like filled with these multi-headed industrial cylinders that like blast water out it's like if a hundred people needed to shower simultaneously in one room this is how you do it
0: college baby very
1: yeah very very strange phantom shows up grabs joan puts her in a small cage and then just starts like uh, lambasting her and accusing her of (laughs) like she's she has all these advantages and she uses them to hurt others by not paying attention to them. And he's gonna strip away all of that, you know, real crazy like insult talk. So Jack wakes up and he goes to the shower prison to look for Joan. He's caught snooping around by another girl who bitch slaps him and says that Joan has gone missing. So Jack once again goes home because there's only three locations in this episode. And when he looks at the last drawing, It explodes and from the scorched paper a distended fist oozes out and snatches him down into the cartoon into the phantom steam tunnels jack is furious he didn't want joan to get abducted even though he drew her getting taken away and like chained up in a little cage and the phantom is not taking orders anymore so now the phantom bitch slaps jack he calls him a sniveling weakling and a coward jack's got to think fast he only has 10 minutes to do something while the phantom slowly walks forward laughing hysterically for a full 10 minutes what does jack do he whips out a little pocket sketch pad and he draws a hole in the floor and wouldn't you know it looney tunes style Phantom falls in, he's hanging on just by his fingertips, and then Jack mercilessly erases the Phantom's fingers, sending him to his doom. Jack opens the cage, he's about to free Joan, when suddenly he sees his reflection. For some reason, he's dressed up like the Phantom. He has the Phantom mask and cowl. Joan is screaming when she sees him. She's freaking out and he's telling her, it's not my fault, It, it, it was the Phantom. And she says, no. There is no Phantom. It was you, Jack. It was you all along. Just then we hear his buddy Pete's voice. He's looking for Jack. And when Jack looks up, there's a huge square hole in the ceiling. And we're looking up at a giant Pete who seems to be looking down at the cartoon panel. And Jack is screaming to get his attention. And when the camera pulls out into his room, we see that Pete is looking at a copy of today's newspaper which says on the headline missing co-ed found police nab artist captor and then the panel shows jack dressed as the phantom screaming up for help the end <laughs> smash got to Freddy in a beret painting a portrait of the phantom who he says is one of his buddies. Mm. So we're widening out the Freddyverse.
0: Before I knew, I was like, oh man, he doesn't... How is he manifesting these drawings? He doesn't have any... Magic pencil. He he didn't get an eerie number two pencil. He's
1: not taking boner pills.
0: Uh, No boner pills, Uh, no eerie number two, nothing. But then, of course, I guess it was all in his head, except then he can still see out of his drawing table as his buddy, Styles from Teen Wolf 2, comes to the room and looks around and...
1: Uh, I'll do you one better... He's already been caught by the police.
0: Yeah, it, uh, but yeah. he's
1: still like he's living still inside in the, drawing. the drawing, looking out.
0: So he he's just had a complete mental break, and it, it, it could
1: be that he's it, had a mental break. He's
0: imagining and everything.
1: He thinks he's the phantom.
0: Like he's in the ambulance in a straitjacket, being carted away, raving. No, look in the drawing. I'm in the drawing.
1: Wee- yeah. Reader. Uh, I I do like the twist that, you know, this guy who, this, like, self-proclaimed nice guy, you know, oh, if she only knew how talented I was. Yeah. You know, we find out, oh, yeah, all that, like, creepy stalkery behavior is because he's a...
0: Creepy stalker. Yeah. It was the only good thing about the episode. It was a good twist that made sense and was, like, way ahead of its time.
1: Exactly. So, props to Freddy on that one. I loved the Phantom's performance, but he laughed approximately... (laughs) 10 times too much, it was... eight thousand and ten
0: and 10 times too much.
1: <laughs> but I did like, you know, we're kind we're of connoisseurs at this point. This is comic books part two. Uh, we've seen all sorts of variations of drawings come to life or things popping out of drawings, uh, people drawing things into reality. And I did like when the drawing went up in flames and then the arm reached out through the panel and grabbed him.
0: Yeah, that was cool.
1: And uh, that's all I have to say about Freddy's Nightmare, The Art of Death.
0: Nuff said. <laughs> My submission for Comic Book Day was actually a Jeff submission, a show I'd never heard about, and possibly thankfully... Bone Chillers I don't know how this one slipped past me in the 90s but uh, there are, I guess so like we didn't we didn't see the first you know the pilot episode obviously so we have no setup we have we know nothing about the show
1: this is season 1 episode
0: 1 this is season 1 episode 1
1: this is episode oh my 1 God. this gives you wow. everything you need to know about the Bone Chillers universe
0: there are four four main kids: Brian, Fitz, Lexi, and Sarah. And Sarah is played by
1: a young Linda Cardellini. <laughs> thank
0: you, Linda Cardellini. I spaced out. Who's like a cute gothy chick? Which was like the only again the only cool thing about the episode. Uh, How dare you? Or the only like thing that made kind of sense. So uh, Brian and Fitz are skinny twerps who write this weird comic book about this onion man fighting a gladiator or something, and they're showing <laughs> it to their friends.
1: I wouldn't call Brian a skinny twerp. I would say that that was a prime Danny Seckle role.
0: Well, I thought that Fitz was a prime Danny Seckle oh, role. Oh,
1: I got the names mixed up. I uh, was going to say the same
0: thing. I was like, yeah, okay. he's a real Danny Seckle type. And Fitz, uh,
1: Fitz is a real Danny Seckle type.
0: Uh, so their friends are like, yeah, your comic sucks. Don't quit your day jobs. And they all head into school. Before they all get in, Lexi reminds them that it's Sarah's birthday, and they have to plan a birthday, not tell her about it. And Fitz, being an artist, I guess, has to draw a card, but no groovy ghoulies on the card because she's no, sick creepo
1: of his
0: creepo monster groovy goolies. There's like a jock bully who grabs the comic book and throws it to a hobo who happens to be Angus Scrim, apparently.
1: Amazing.
0: Didn't really look uh, like him, but...
1: Amazing. A young Angus Scrim. <laughs> a
0: young, ancient hobo <laughs> Angus Grim. <a beer>.
1: <laughs> A mere 70 years young. When I found out that the hobo on campus was Angus Scrimm, I was like, God damn, this might be the greatest show of all
0: time. Big hobo on campus. And Angus Scrimm hobo is like, eh, got any change? And they're like, nah. And then they go into school. So they're at home later that evening. They're uh, they're drawing a new comic book, trying to come up with some cool new Grivy ghoulies. And Brian throws ink all over literally every scrap of paper that Fitz owns and so they're like well guess we got to go out and buy some more paper so they go out into the night on their bicycles and they encounter the hobo again and Fitz is like hey there's the hobo again I might as well give him some money and he's like one good turn deserves another you want a sketchbook and they're like okay cool so then he, like, takes the sketchbook home and he draws the birthday card with a weird impossible monster.
1: Impossible Vanish with the creepy hobo.
0: Does he Impossible Vanish? I missed that part. Yes, and I watched in the a, episode in a, twice.
1: And a flash of lightning.
0: Um, and he draws a monster in the sketchbook and it comes to life and, like, attacks Linda Cardellini.
1: Happy birthday, Sarah. It's like a happy birthday card It's a card happy birthday
0: monster. monster on roller skates that throws a cake at her immediately. And then Fitz remembers Lexi saying, no, no corpuscular chromosomal creatures.
1: No creepo monsters. No creepo
0: monsters. And so he tears up the card, and then over at Linda Saralini's house, it vanishes.
1: So I would like to interject at this point. We've seen our first monster. Phenomenal.
0: A lot of good uh, creatures in this episode. I will say that much.
1: Incredible creature design suit makeup. Yeah. That one creature would blow the budget of (laughs) Are You Afraid of the Dark out of the water for like five episodes.
0: I feel like they must have gotten them from somewhere else or something. So the next day, uh, back at school, Sarah tells Fitz about the monster, and he's like, hmm, did it have roller skates? Was it a happy birthday monster? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, hmm. Then Brian and Fitz go to class, and Brian borrows a piece of paper from the sketchpad he idly doodles a giant hand grabbing the teacher and it actually happens in real life Fitz grabs the paper and tears it up and the hand vanishes and then Fitz is like hmm they decide to test Fitz's theory about the sketchbook bringing monsters to life by drawing a hideous horrible groovy ghoulie and not a pot of gold or like a naked lady or something like that (laughs) <laughs> or a puppy or a kitten.
1: Yeah, we we had just previously discussed this in Corman's Calamities, where it's like, hmm, we yeah. gotta know if this really works. Let's draw the most hideous, murderous monster we can think of. <laughs>
0: because the director of the episode had a monster puppet on standby that he could get out of his closet. Uh, so they're looking around for the monster, and no monster is in sight. But suddenly, two hands grab them from behind, and they turn around, and they're like... Whoa, Principal Pussman. It is at this point that I have to digress and say the first time I watched the episode, I was only like half paying attention. And when Principal Pussman came out, that's when like my focus f- like fully locked in. And I was like, wait a minute, Principal Pussman? Is he a zombie? Did they draw Principal Pussman the zombie in the n- sketchbook? <laughs> <laughs> And then I kind of looked around and I realized, wait a minute, they're in like a weird monster school.
1: There's, you like, just, cobwe- <laughs> there's like you just dude, noticed. This? We're
0: halfway through the episode and I just realized, like the school is all run down and there's spider webs everywhere. No, no, no. it's
1: not run down. It's in like a it, gothic it's like a haunted house. Castle. Yes, the entire school is a haunted house.
0: But 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 the kids, with the exception of Linda Cardellini, who sort of wears, who's like a sort of goth all the kids are just total normal regular kids so i was like what the fuck are all these normal like high school kids happy-go-lucky humans doing at a weird monster school with holes in the walls and spider webs everywhere
1: because high school is a scary place when you're a normal kid
0: oh is that what it is yes Boo. So Principal Pussman tells them They gotta fuck off or whatever Off in the cafeteria or the kitchen The test monster does appear And attacks the lunch lady guy Who's also some kind of monster or something Or just no, gross He's, he's just a
1: gross, <laughs> gross. Uh,
0: He's like a human monster um, Fry cook so then they go into the boiler room or something, and they talk to like a weird janitor guy. The uh, weird janitor is like, "No, no, the book is neither good nor evil. It is chaotic, neutral. It is all about the drawer." And they're like, "Huh? Yeah, good point." And he's like,
1: "You will draw me, Sultan of the world, power of the universe, in the palm of my hand." <laughs>
0: And they draw him with no mouth, and then leave him to die. In class, Fitz draws the hot girl in school making out with him, and she does come over and make out with him. Then her boyfriend bully, I think it's the same bully from the beginning, intercedes, and Fitz draws him as an old man and, <laughs> and he knocks writes, him over. Just writes Kirk old. <laughs> uh, he yeah, he, it's just that it's like a cheating because uh, he's not a good enough artist. To get it across that it's that well, no, that guy. it's like
1: a it's like a political cartoon where you just <laughs> write what it is yeah, directly on the thing. This will
0: be great for my expose. It's be
1: great for the expose. Uh,
0: and then the teacher, Mr. Mukus- Mucus, Mr. Mukowski, Mr. Mukosky, who's just a weirdo, rips up the drawing and fits, rightfully again, quite ahead of its time, gets accused by the school hottie of assault.
1: Correction, it's
0: none of a kind. So. Fitz in anger draws like a weird fish monster and the bell rings on his way out of class the bully trips him and he loses a sketchbook it goes flying across the room and he doesn't realize it the fish monster comes to life and gets the book and draws like a thousand monsters later all the kids and a bunch of randos are waiting in the cafeteria to surprise sarah Linda Cardellini, for her birthday. When she doesn't show up, they all go look... Well, the main cast goes to look for her. And the other background actors are like, Fuck this. Peace out. We're all leaving. So they all leave. Lexi finds Sarah lamenting that nobody remembered her birthday. And then the rest of them find them. And they all go back to the cafeteria. And when they turn on the lights, all the monsters that the fish monster drew go surprise. Which was very nice of them. And then they attack. And then they defeat all the monsters... With sodas and kung fu and a giant vacuum cleaner. And I was like, what? Why would a vacuum cleaner defeat monsters? It's because he he got the book back and drew a special monster fighting vacuum, which sucks them all in. Then they burn the sketchbook. And he's like, well, I guess my adventures are over. And they're like, not so fast. I saved one page and I drew you a proper birthday card. And she reads the birthday card and it all comes to life. But all it manifests are balloons and some streamers, and she's like,
1: Now this is what I call a birthday. All right!
0: (laughs) But there are still no other kids anywhere. It's just the four of them. I mean, I guess that's all that matters, your core group. That's right. The end.
1: A lot of energy, a lot going on. I was really surprised that uh, Fitz drew the girl he was crushing on making out with him because that's something that we haven't seen it's the
0: only in, logical thing
1: in any of our other magical cartoon shows not even freddy's nightmares you know went that far but then the extra twist to have one of the monsters get the sketch pad and draw an army of monsters inspired brilliant <laughs> better than the ghastly Grinner.
0: very weird very strange our episode today will end in a draw.
1: <laughs> no ratings this week because we're going to talk about Comic Con 2022.
0: Zoom! We finally got back to Comic Con.
1: It's been uh, it's been a long three years wait. Uh, it really sucked when it got canceled the last two years, but totally understandable. Uh, So it's kind of uh, weird, kind of bittersweet, you know, Uh, going to such a dense, crowded event during a resurgence of COVID was, was really weird. So there was a lot of mask and thankfully it wasn't that hot this year. So we did the showroom floor. A lot to see, not a lot to do. Yeah, I kind of uh I kinda of whiffed the
0: showroom floor this year. I didn't get any sketches. I didn't do any of my favorite like wandering and accidentally bumping into artists that I like. Although I've been burned so many times that perhaps it's for the best. Friday we drove down, got in a standby line almost immediately for the Dungeons and Dragons tavern experience which we were told all the reservations were sold out but they said yeah there's a standby line seems to be moving pretty quickly and we're like okay whatever and we got into the tavern in like 20 minutes 25 minutes tops
1: yeah i mean for me dungeons and dragons tavern was one of the highlights of the whole week. They
0: decorated it up really nicely as like a medieval fantasy tavern.
1: Yeah, there was like a little museum of of beholders and mimics and stuff as you walked down the hallway into the bar. All the staff was dressed up in sort of medieval regalia. They were singing folk songs.
0: They handed out free. Moscow mules.
1: And they were all in these glowing green D&D mugs. The walls of the tavern were not only decorated with axes, swords, morning stars, things like that, but they also had these sort of animated posters of the cast of the movie. So, you know, like Hugh Grant was like, Fli- flipping a coin and like holding out a torch and stuff like that. They let us all in a rousing uh, chorus of some kind of uh, shanty, and then the roof started to quake. The chandeliers started to swing back and forth. It was at around that time that we saw uh, one entire side of the tavern was like a video screen and a dragon flew by and landed and roared into the tavern.
0: It breathed all kind of smoke into the tavern and yeah, everything. Yeah,
1: it was breathing smoke on us, and the walls and the ceiling were shaking.
0: They did a real good job.
1: And then they hustled us out, <laughs> and... <laughs> we, we were
0: like, maybe we can sneak a second drink, and they were like, okay, everybody out. I think we headed straight to the harbor just to see if there was any adult swim stuff, which is our typical uh, destination, and there was not nothing, absolutely no adult swim presence this year, except for one tiny little kiosk, which was advertising the adult swim festival i believe right if you peeked inside of it yeah so we were like ah what whatever so we got in line for the voodoo ranger craft brewery pirate ship which i guess just always exists and sails around and parties
1: so we waited for about 30 45 minutes you know it was the middle of the day we're, we're starting to come down off of our uh, our glowing green ales uh, but we eventually made our way on deck grabbed a couple beers. You know, we were play- we didn't realize we were playing with fire because some of these Voodoo Ranger beers are nine percent alcohol by volume. That's a lot. Yeah, and uh, we definitely saw uh, one or two people that were overserved because <laughs> unlike the uh, Dungeons and Dragons Tavern, they weren't kicking people off the ship they weren't keel hauling people you, yeah, you could were
0: allowed to stay on as long as you want and exactly. it cost us extra time trying to get in so
1: after the highlights of the uh D tavern and the voodoo ranger pirate ship
0: we did go into the show floor and i think like probably the highlight in there on friday was we went to play monster hunter and we just like we shooting the shit with the the attendee and she was super nice and that was like really fun just to be like joking around with some stranger shout out to april and then we uh, sat down to play the game, and, we, and instead we just continued chewing the fat with April, uh, and then we played for like five minutes, and I certainly couldn't figure out what to do, so left there. Uh, and I think we just kind of wandered around a bit, and we went to get dinner at the Werewolf Bar.
1: Oh, yeah. Because Jeff was like,
0: Werewolf Bar? Fuck yeah.
1: <sighs> so I have been to San Diego previously, and looking around for where to eat, and what should my wondering eyes see but an establishment called the werewolf tavern and i was like got it as my witness i will not rest until i eat at werewolf uh i didn't get to eat there on that trip so when i was there with uh ryan and drew i was like guys don't worry i got this we are all eating good at werewolf tonight
0: and it was hands down our longest wait at the con all weekend.
1: Uh, brutal yeah i was a little too close to the gas lamp district a lot of people smoking cigarettes uh, yeah. outside and it's always um, so
0: funny because over the comic-con weekend in the gas lamp all of the comic-con people began to intermingle especially as the night goes on with the like club kids and like the fancy pants such a bizarre mixture of people
1: yeah san diego has very little to do with geek culture, with the exception of the week of Comic-Con. And to prove my point, you can go to the Werewolf Tavern that has nothing to do with werewolves.
0: (laughs) Or very little at the... the, I think they had a Teen Wolf 2, which is topical for our episode, rug on the floor.
1: And they had... A drawing of a hand touching like a wolf hand out front. That's it.
0: And that was pretty much it. So then after that, we decided that we had had so much fun going to see Spider-Man in 2019 that we would go and see Thor, Love and Thunder, because none of us had seen it yet. So we went to the AMC. I no longer have stubs, but no one was in line this time.
1: Uh, We were all big fans of uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, loved it. And we just just couldn't wait to get our hands on the on the next Taiki
0: wrap around some more uh, Thor Taiko banger. and for me again personally the less said about that the better
1: yeah uh, not as good as Ragnarok uh, moving on
0: so then yes we got back to our motel we we got to our motel for the first time
1: around midnight yeah yeah
0: and when we walked in I was like yeah, this is pretty nice looking uh, until you like you know got a little closer and there were some blood stains on the sheets and. Some weird dirt stains on the walls and some goo on the desk and...
1: There were cigarette burns.
0: Cigarette burns all, all on the comforters. <laughs> on the comforters. Uh, even though it was a non-smoking room. The
1: room stank like an ashtray. Yeah. It, the, the room stank like someone used in someone's armpit as an ashtray. The uh, and th- That's just the outside part. When you go into the bathroom, it gets worse because the sink wasn't draining and the shower wasn't draining. And very, very soon after the first shower was taken, there was like half a foot of standing murky water.
0: Saturday morning, we got a lovely, if somewhat expensive breakfast at some posh cafe saturday's a bit of a blur for me i think we went back to the show floor for a little bit we saw the crapopolis panel with dan Harmon and a bunch of actors and stuff who were like maybe i was projecting but i was like man these guys are just in it for the paycheck especially matt berry he was like i don't know (laughs) say something funny yes uh, it's a good show and i i I I'd like it. We played a bunch of pinball in the pinball lounge.
1: Yeah, we wandered through all the game rooms and arcades, and then we decided we would come back before the masquerade.
0: So then around 8 p.m., what, after whatever we had been doing, we went to see the spillover broadcasts of the masquerade.
1: Yeah, we'd done it. In 2019, for the first time. Yeah, and, uh, and was I was adamant nice.
0: that we do it again.
1: And in 2019, uh, there was some cosplayer doing a skit, and that she fell. And it was, you know, pretty awkward for everyone. So there we are in 2022, and I turn to Ryan and I say, we're not leaving until somebody eats it.
0: Did not have to wait long.
1: No. Soon after my proclamation... They brought out Cosmic Ghost Rider. This was sort of Chekhov's uh, edge of the stage because they had the little remote control cars zooming around in one of the earlier skits and it just like flew off the edge of the stage so we knew it was like perilously close to the runway Tiny little on, and um they brought out cosmic ghost rider you may remember uh faithful listener one of my dream costumes my impossible costumes is like a ghost rider costume and i was like oh this is awesome. I want to see just how, yeah, good
0: I was, I was ghostwriter
1: costume can be. I was like, Oh, ghostwriter.
0: How are they going to do the flames? How are they going to do it? Cause that's, cause that's what Jeff wanted to do.
1: And so this guy took like one step onto stage and then just vanished into darkness. <laughs> And they're like, uh, up next, number 19, Beauty and the Beast. And I'm then, like, oh, shit. We,
0: literally, we did see, like, a couple minutes, or a second, you know, 30 seconds later, two people on either side of Ghost Rider, like, carrying him limping down off in front of the stage, off, like, into the back or whatever.
1: And the audience was like, uh, do over, do <laughs> over, let him go. And the judges were just like, moving on. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't think that guy's getting back on stage. No, he anytime. broke every bone in
0: his body. You know he fell right off the stage, like complete he didn't just like trip and then get back up. he just face planted he just
1: plunged into the void, and landed on that little remote control yeah. car.
0: but he did end up winning. I went back to look at the prizes and he won like some honorable mention or judge's choice or something
1: uh unfortunately, it was uh posthumous <laughs> it was in the end he's memoriam. a real ghost
0: rider now yeah. one last ride. Sunday, we just went straight to the harbor. We were like, F everything. We are going to go see some boats. And we saw some museums, some submarines, some tall ships.
1: We were on this steamship and I was looking at a uh, little steam-powered clock or something. (laughs) And uh, this old feller uh, wandered over and uh, he's like, yeah, somebody tried to steal it. Craziest thing. And so (laughs) we were kind of bellbound by this this old codger uh he was a docent who worked at the maritime museum and he felt like talking and he kind of took a shine to us and we're like well all right we can't not listen to this this guy you know he's he's this crusty old uh salty dog he's spouting some wisdom and he's like oh you want to see the engine room the boiler room and we're like well sure so we toddled down to this massive boiler room, like just floor to ceiling, wall to wall, pipes, cranks, pistons.
0: levers, knobs.
1: It's insane. Cause this is like a hundred year old steamship. And this dude like shows us how to like flush every valve and drive every crankshaft. <laughs> and he's going around and, and turning on every single device. And there's, like, women and children kind of wandering through. And he's Eh, he's kind of...
0: Storming through, more like. Yeah,
1: he's kind of squinting, kind of glaring. This guy had a real kinship with Ryan because he (laughs) hated people. He, He was referred to all kids as screamers. He had some choice lines for uh, for women. He was ninety six, I think, and he said when he turned hundred, he was gonna right. retire to go chase women. I mean, in his defense, um,
0: those kids did th- absolutely thunder down those metal stairs, like screaming and stomping.
1: I mean, there were kids inside a big <sighs> steamship; they were mean,
0: You feel like a, any any kind of parent would be like, okay, like take it easy, guys. You know, this like respect the area they could have easily fallen and killed themselves that's uh, true uh, this I, I this again. did
1: look like a death trap and how <laughs> they could have
0: gone straight into the inner workings because there were no fences no uh guide rails nothing
1: yeah it would be a uh, return to the good old days yeah. when they literally used to grind up 12-year-olds <laughs> in the uh in the boilers
0: and we at the end i mean this guy gave literally gave us the tour of everything showed us everything and eventually we were like how did you, how did how did you figure all this stuff out and he's like eh i just looked around played around
1: Yeah, he was like a World War II vet, but he was just this this funny, crotchety guy. Uh, He sort of held court for about 30 minutes, and uh, then we checked out the rest of the ship, which was totally awesome.
0: It was really cool. Um,
1: And then we went over to the Star of India, which is like a great old British whaling ship.
0: We went on to the Californian, the Star of India, the USS Dolphin, which was a submarine under the water. Yeah, I
1: mean... It was a real treat for uh, for those of us who were tall and or claustrophobic.
0: Then we headed back to the convention center because Jeff wanted to cover the, the Disney cosplay meetup for Creepy Kingdom.
1: Yeah, I was um, submitting some photos uh, for creepykingdom.com. I could not find his... <laughs> disney meetup eventually we found it and it was way 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 far away like the whole thing would have come and gone and we just would have missed it we ran over there uh got a couple photos and then i'm done you know i've got all the shots i need so i walk away and start uploading them to the dropbox and ryan is like oh there was a wedding proposal
0: (laughs) jeff took a couple pictures and then he's like let's fucking get out of here and as soon as he walked away somebody proposed
1: (laughs) To his and girlfriend. Ryan got it all on camera. <laughs> I,
0: I don't I think I was only sticking around really because in your defense, because uh one of the cosplay women's boobs kept popping out and I was intrigued. I was like, Oh, it's gonna pop all the way out. I gotta see it when it does. <laughs> Never did, but uh, came close to a time or two. And then luckily but lo and you behold, did get to see got the some, proposal
1: uh, matrimonial blitz.
0: Yeah. Then we went to Old Town. Old Town San Diego.
1: We were ready to uh, bid farewell to Comic-Con as we always do with uh, first decompressing in the surreal environment of Old Town. But what this meant was that we hit Old Town earlier than ever before.
0: We were there so early that the Tinsmith was open and I was so excited because if you recall in our last Comic-Con episode from 2019, I even say like, ah, the Tinsmith was closed, the Root Beer Float was closed. I was so disappointed. I was like, "Oh my God, the tinsmith!" And we walked into the tinsmith, and there was no tinsmithing going on. It was just a curio shop where he was selling lanterns and Christmas ornaments and shit. Oh, what a letdown!
1: A bit of a letdown, but it's it's time you found out. But yeah, at least I what finally the, know the the, the tinsmith <laughs> did. But before he could get too heartbroken, we did end up wandering over to the blacksmith shop. Something which. I never knew existed. It was open, and we had it all to ourselves.
0: Until some lousy screamers came over.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we did get to talk to uh, the blacksmith for a good long while and watch him like forging stuff. They were showing us um, the,
0: the giant the,
1: bellows, the furnaces, the different types of metal, uh, the brands from the old ranches. Uh, it was freaking awesome yeah it was so cool being in old town while stuff was open open so we swung through you know the candy shops uh ryan and drew got their root beer floats
0: we finally got to go into the carriage museum
1: with minutes to spare. yeah
0: there was only they were closing in five minutes so we had to hustle in and out but have never seen in there before
1: I've never, ever, for 20 years, I've been going to Old Town. <laughs> I've never been inside that frickin' carriage museum. And it was awesome. So it, like, it totally buoyed our spirits. Yeah. Like, it was such an As awesome Old Town usually way does. To, to end our, our Comic-Con weekend.
0: Yeah, that was pretty much it. And so... Another Comic-Con opens and closes. Yay, like the comic books of old.
1: Will there be another Comic-Con in our future? It's uncertain.
0: I will surely rerun to next Comic-Con for my life.
1: Excelsior.